This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because those have plenty. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into the prime to be the role models, dreams, and voices. About to show these boys how we do it. Higher, further, faster, baby. It's not about deserve. I'm not an owl! A girl has no name. There is something supernatural at work here. It's about what you believe. Did I stop on your mom? The Guardian Leviosa. now on, you do as I do. May the odds be ever in your favor. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Herring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, I'm Amanda, and with me today is my awesome, hilarious, wonderful, and not Monica co-host, Tom Knight from Three Extra Lives. Hello, Tom, and how are you doing today? I was hoping we were going to be able to just play the car and see how long it would take people to figure out that I wasn't Monica. Because I think sorry. we could I, I think we could have got away with most of the show. I, I, you know, I would have put an accent on, would have got very awkward, and but I think we could have pulled it off, Amanda. But now you've you've pulled the the rug from under my feet and the, the jig is up. But yes, hello, I'm I'm here. I'm filling in for Monica. Monica is off somewhere doing something fun, and she's left me to pick up the slack and uh, c- cover on Geek Herring live on Twitch. I'm not nervous at all. I'm not nervous. You're nervous. All right. Okay, okay. it's totally me. I'm nervous. Um. The butterflies are in my stomach being here recording with somebody that's not Monica for the first time ever for me. I think Monica's done it a couple times, but it's always me who can't make the shows. But this is the first time that Monica has missed an episode of Geek Herring. Ah, how dare she go ever. And this, ever. Is her, this is the first episode she's never been on. This is the first episode Monica has never uh, has, hasn't been on. Like, what dedication wow. is that? You know, we have recorded, this is episode number 97, and it is Monica's first episode that she's missing. I mean, how dare she? But also, super big happy anniversary to her and her weirdo. They celebrate 10 years together today. I mean, that's some achievement because they're both annoying as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably true. That's probably true. true. Well, also, I was going to say is, this is going to be interesting for your metrics of geek carrying. You know, I feel I feel like you might be heading for your most downloaded episode ever. Now Monica's oh. not here. Mm-hmm. You can finally break free and, you know, hit hit those high numbers. I'm just kidding, of course. We love Monica and it would she would be disappointed if I did not open this this episode by um saying something quite rude about her. I mean, that wasn't very rude, was it? But, it wasn't very uh, rude. Um I but feel I'm like... building up. I'm building up. Yeah, I can't, I can't give you the, I can't give you the big stuff straight away because that's just not geek caring. It's true. We're, we're gonna we're gonna ease slowly into it, and who knows? Maybe later on we'll have some more Monica Burns for you to look forward to. Maybe or not? I'm, I don't or know. Not. I don't know. We do have a request from uh, from chat from Gemma in chat that wants to hear the Tom Monica accent. So, ooh, well, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could do that. That's that's you know. Amanda blew that like that that's how I was preparing for the show but now that you know it's me I just I don't know I think I think I'm gonna have to hold off that I can't have that on, a, on an actual podcast episode that's, so there we that's go. There we go. such a disappointment I feel like you know such we should have really talked about this in pre-show and yep. you know you, you told me your plan or were you trying to surprise me like I don't know obviously I had to introduce you as who you are yeah I mean I even got my name on the screen so it just wasn't a very well executed plan no. if, if you if you think about it uh, when i say name on the screen if you're listening to this on the podcast uh, talking about the twitch the twitch I, I like context you know because i always think about the podcast listeners that 
aren't here live on Twitch right now. Don't know why they're not. That's a bit silly. Should be here. But there we go. I'm just rambling. Like, you I'm are. just giving you more stuff to, to edit out or not. I don't know. I probably won't okay. because, you know, this episode's going out this week. It doesn't really give me a lot of time to do any fancy editing. So let's not, like, prolong my suffering anymore. And let's just get right into the Geek Girl in the News for September 2020. There you go. There's a little segue sounder. Wow. Amazing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for that glorious uh, introduction song. I feel like that was a great theme song. And another one that I would like on our um, soundboard, which we don't have yet. So um, that's great. Getting right into it. We have another sad and slightly... Sad. It's just sad. Um, start to the news for September, and that is we're remembering and um, mourning the loss of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who died um, at the age of 87 a couple weeks ago um, from a long battle with metastatic pancreatic cancer. Um, she passed away surrounded by her family at her house um, and you know, even after her passing, she is still continuing to do some some pretty amazing things, I think, in passing, um, because she is not only the first woman, but she's also the first Jewish person to lie in state at the U.S. Capitol on uh, Friday just past there um, for her funeral. So, Which is a pretty incredible stat, right? Just yeah, like we're in 2020, and that's something that's being rhymed off as the first time it's happening. Right. So um, since this became a tradition in 1852, over 30 men have lain in state. Uh, This includes like 12 former presidents, other statesmen and military leaders. um, And most recently, Georgia congressman and civil rights activist John Lewis back in July. Um, So she continues to to make waves there. um, And she's just, her loss has been really felt in the community in America and I think across the world. Uh, She has championed women's rights um, and feminism since the day, since long before she became a Supreme Court justice uh, 27 years ago when she was elected by Bill Clinton. And, you know, she is leaving behind a legacy. Uh, She's leaving behind really big shoes to fill. Um, And, you know, she has changed the course of women's rights for hopefully, we're, we're saying hopefully here because uh, we've got another story coming up next, but hopefully many years to come. Um, and it's just real a real time to, to mourn the loss of a great woman. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm, I'm not going to like sit here and pretend to be, a, be an expert on like US politics and, and things like that. But just seeing the, you know, the ramifications of somebody's death, like even if you don't really know too much about them, like if you go on to, you know, social media and you you start to just see the impact somebody like this has had on people all across the world. And um, it's just, it is pretty incredible just to, even like myself, just to kind of look and go, well, I didn't know too much about this person, but now I do. And it, you know, it's kind of one of those unfortunate things where it's like, oh, I'm only learning about them because they sadly passed away. But I think it's just testament to their legacy as well that it just makes people open their eyes and see like there's there's always people like this fighting for a cause. There's always people there, even if they're not always known to everyone or 
or there's just people that are completely oblivious kind of thing. And there's always people fighting and pushing for what they believe in and what they believe to be right. And I think, if anything, you can always take away that kind of inspirational uh, factor from it. Absolutely. Um, She's done more for women than I think anybody has on this kind of national, international level. I know that she was a national uh, justice, but I think that her policies impacted a lot more than just America. Um, So, and just like, if you want, Tom, I do have her autobiography in my office, like right next door to your room. So you could totally just have a gander and read up on all the amazing things that she's done in her life and her career. Um, So Justice Ginsburg will be laid to rest formally in Arlington Cemetery um, this week in a private ceremony with just her family. Um, And I think that it's just wonderful that she's being laid in Arlington, which is, you know, a cemetery for presidents and for national heroes. And um, it's a right that is very, very well deserved. And it's nice that something good is happening with the end of her life. Um, Because we all know that It was one of her fervent wishes to not be replaced before the election of a new president. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's happening um, with uh, President Trump's nomination of Amy Coney Barrett for the replacement of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, So this move is... So I was going to say, like, as a a political noob and somebody that's, again, I'm just going to say it, quite ignorant to what is going on there like lay it down on me like what's the implication of this and and, like what even like this the symbolic meaning of all this because like i I, i've seen people like not happy about this at all okay so um and i am by no means an american political expert so this is um this is my understanding on this episode you are you are (laughs) absolutely i'll take the crown um so basically when President Obama was in office, um, a Supreme Court justice passed away in, I think it was around February of his last term, um, or his last year in office of his last term. And they delayed, um, they said that they you couldn't replace a Supreme Court justice in a president's last year, um, because it should be up to the next president to nominate that role. Um, and so... That was the conservatives who said that the Republicans, they, they said that that is the precedent. So they set this precedent that, you know, you can't replace it. Um, so Are you about to tell me that the, the politicians said one thing and then they did the other thing? Are you going to tell me they, they did that, Amanda? Because well, that is so rare. That what? never happens. <laughs> I know. What I'm telling you is that President Obama was like, okay, we'll do this and didn't nominate a Supreme Court justice. Fast forward four years when um, uh, Justice Ginsburg passes away 37 days before an election, not like seven or eight months before an election like it was four years ago, but no, 37 days. And they're like, you know what? Um, We're going to push through a Supreme Court justice nomination. So it's very hypocritical. um, And it's very... uh, It almost seems unnecessary as well, right? Because It's unnecessary. And it's... It just is very anger-inducing. It's like, okay, so just like everything else, one rule applies to Democrats and one rule applies to Republicans. So super, super. Because because potentially, obviously depending, God, depending on the uh, results of, of that election, like that 
will change again then? I don't know. I don't know how that actually works or... Well, excuse me, the way it works, as far as I know, and again, not like an expert in American politics, um, that when you're elected to the Supreme Court, you're basically there for life, I think, like until you die or until you retire. Um, like it's the kind of position that you don't, it, you're not elected once you're there, you're there. As far as I know, I could be completely wrong. And if we have... Um, right. So if there is a presidential change, then, for example, Joe Biden's not going to be able to say, well that's not the person I wanted to put forward for this They They will still be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As far as I know, that's, that's how it works. Um, I could be wrong. And um, if anybody is listening and Twitch chat knows better than me on that, please let me know. Um, yeah. Gemma's oh, confirming Gemma's that there's confirming no recalling, that. no recalls. So yeah, yeah, that's, that seems like a really, yeah. Like, I mean, it out of, out of everything that's coming out of the States, like this, like you're just not surprised by this kind of antics, really. But it does it does seem like if if I could find a word, it seems like poor sportsmanship of just like, hey, right? Like like you say, it's not like months before election. We're talking days. Mm -hmm. Days and it's just a it's it guess it's just a power move, right? It's just like, well, I'm flexing my muscles here. I'm just gonna do it. Yeah. And you know, potentially you'd feel like there is more important issues at hand uh but there we go politics we go. everyone mm -hmm. politics yeah so donald trump has uh put forward his nomination for justice ginsburg replacement uh with the notre dame law professor amy coney barrett um who is i'm trying to find the most unbiased words in my in my in my head to come out here um she is a it's not happening. She's a horrible person. Um, she believe she is like anti women's rights, anti LGBTQ rights. She is um, pro religion. She's basically um, in a cult called People of Praise, um, which is actually like a fringe Christian group, somehow related to the Catholic faith. That um, members of this church group get assigned like personal advisors called heads for men and handmaids for women. Handmaids. They like they're Yikes. actually some position in this cult group called a handmaid. I'm like, oh hello, uh, Margaret Atwood. Like, okay, this is actually happening. Okay, this is how it starts. This, <laughs> this, this is, is how, it starts. how it starts. Mm -hmm. So in this church group as well, the group considers the husbands are the heads of authority within their families, um, and it's like super conservative, super nineteen. I don't know, 1870s. Like, we're going like. <laughs> I was going to say, sure. Probably put it forever back on that. Yeah, well, let's just keep going, keep going back. Yep. Um, and it is terrifying. Like, she is anti everything. She's, uh, she sides with like uh, people who don't agree with marriage equality. She uh, believes that the Title IX protections don't include transgender people. Um, she basically everything that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has fought for since she started, like not even even before twenty seven years ago when she came onto the Supreme Court, this woman is against it. She's like anti uh, Obamacare. She's anti LGBT rights. She's anti like everything that is in here for um, progression. Like she's basically going to bring every step forward for women's rights and equality way back and as Gemma, Gemma said she is the 1850s patriarchy and a judge yeah 
it's scary. It's heartbreaking. And even when she came on the news the other night, my mom was like, there's evil in that woman's eyes. <laughs> I was like, well, if your mom's saying that, then, you know, that's it. That's it. I mean, you know? I don't think we don't need to discuss any further if that's what your mom's saying. But I mean, I, I do feel like with regards to politics these days, like I'm really getting to a point where I, like it's so easy to just to lose all kinds of hope <laughs> in the world because it's like there's all these people in power that just seem not seem they are terrible people mm -hmm. and they have backwards views they are not progressive in the slightest and it's just like what do we do like you know it's 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 just so frustrating it is so frustrating like and you know i'm sitting here as white straight male but you know th things like that won't impact me as much but i know it's going to impact you know a lot of people in america it's going to impact potentially people in the world as well and it's just like there's just no words really is there it's just like in in some places where you know step forwards are, are being being made then something happens and just just knocks it back and it just feels like it's just i kind of guess it just kind of reiterates the message of like gotta keep fighting gotta keep fighting the the what you believe in and and that that fight never ends like we're never going to get to a point where it's like it's done and that's you know across the board on all these equality issues as well like we, we have to keep fighting and, and never stop and and as much as it does seem hopeless like it does feel just like you know what you know just let's forget about it. like there's nothing we can do everything bad's happening and we you know there's not there are the people in power but we just have to keep going and it's mm -hmm. it's not something like one person can change it, it's it's a collective effort and it it takes well forever to change but it, it's just something you can't you can't give up on as much as like you do look in, inside of yourself sometimes and go there's just no point you know um but yeah it it's it it's it it doesn't sound like a great great place to move to as well and just you know it, it's just a real kick kick in the gut right it's just a real kick in the gut with just I, I would say the whole administration of, of of the last four years in America, it's just like, please, like, don't don't make it another four because like the, the damage that's been done in four years. I mean, yeah, I, I just don't even want to think about that alternative. And like, this is like me sitting in Ireland being like, yeah, you know, American politics generally has never had, you know, too much of an impact on me. You know, there, there are some ways it has. But I mean, I feel like now just the world is is connecting up and you just see all politics kind of connecting together in some weird way. Like, I think there's some real strange stuff happening in the shadows in the world right now that it's it's quite sickening and just, you, know, you just feel at a loss with it all. But yeah. And as Gemma do, says. Do we have any good? <laughs> Gemma, no, I I say, do, we, do we have any good news to move to? But yeah. Do. We do have lots of good news stories, but I'm just going to read Gemma's comment here because it's great. Um, Gemma says, it'll be exponential moving forward. The foundation is built now, so the ideological walls can go up faster. It's scary for sure. And it is. And I think it's like it's more important now to vote than ever um, because it's not just between two different parties. It's again, it's about human rights now. Um, so if you if you are able to vote in American elections, meaning you are over 18 and you are American, vote in the fucking election. Like, this is your geek herring call to action. Vote. We're not telling you who to vote for, but, you know. You know. <laughs> but I think, like, even getting people to the point of, of voting is a big thing, right? Because in the last mm -hmm. election, a lot of people didn't vote. And I know there's, like, also a, 
another scandal coming up from the Cambridge uh, analytics as well with regards to the you know the last election and the the targeting of, of race on that as well and mm. you know it's it's scary just like the things that are going on in the shadows with, with regards to that as well but obviously like having your vote and and using your vote is is a huge thing into at least having some kind of say in in what's going on that's not saying that it's gonna always change things for the better but it, for a start like it, it's it is the one thing you can do to at least say like at least i'm voting you know mm-hmm. and and i'm not saying who you vote for because i feel like yeah you're, you're executing your right to vote that's that's a big deal and if if you look at what's happening in regards to politics then i, I hope you make the the best decision the lesser evil i feel like that's what politics comes down to unfortunately it's very very rarely feels like you're voting for a good person you're just voting for the less worse person which is a very depressing way to look at it but it still matters it does um and before we move on to our good news i will read one other thing that Gemma has written she says vote and show up organizations in your area will still be working hard for human rights political action is every day every day you can change the world with other people who want to work in a better place well done Gemma. well said well said thank you so much and we're going to move into some good news articles because it's been a really heavy uh start to our September recap, but there's been a lot of good stuff happening in this month as well. And I'm going to let Tom introduce this next article because it was actually Tom who brought it to our attention. Alrighty then. Well, we're still in America. We're staying in America and it's not all doom and gloom because NFL makes history with female officials and coaches at Washington Cleveland game. So this yeah, is really NFL, cool. <laughs> NFL history is made uh, on Sunday uh, there was a game between the Cleveland Browns and Washington football team, their new name, uh, the first team to feature female coaches on opposite, opposing sorry, sidelines and a female official on the field, which that seems huge. That seems huge because, again, from my across-the-pond perspective on American football, that's like, you know, something in the schools, big, big deal, big deal for the jocks and, you know, college football and then NFL, like, to, to, to like, know, like, oh, Oh, is that something like girls are playing, you know, at school? Because, it, you know, for me, it just feels like that's not that just I don't know. Like there might be there probably is like I'm just like ruling out, but it doesn't seem like we're I mean, at a place there, where it's there like. might be, but in my experience in the American school system, um, in the high schools in my area and my middle school, we had football teams like school football teams and they were they were all boys. So there wasn't any girls on the team. Um, so I don't know if that's the case in the entire country i but i would say it's probably quite likely um but that it i mean it doesn't mean that women aren't interested in football doesn't mean that they don't like to play it themselves um so to see people these three women in particular to be in positions of power in a american football game um between like two pretty big teams is is pretty great um so we have i'll just at their names we have um cleveland's chief of staff callie brownson washington's full year coaching intern jennifer king and nfl official sarah thomas so they made nfl history um on sunday so it's pretty fantastic and you know i want to say as well that there was a picture posted by the cleveland browns um, of the three women on sunday and 
it's nice to see like is such a a variety of women like they're not I don't know it's they're they're different every every woman is different and I think that that actually is really impactful as well because it's representative of people being like oh well uh, it's only black women that could be an NFL coach and it's like well no because they're yeah okay there's a black woman but there's also two white women and it's like oh well only lesbians can and it's like oh well no because I mean we don't know their sexuality but they're you know, it's just, it's nice to look and be like, as a little girl, look up and be like, you know, I could be a football coach because there's a woman there that looks like me. There's a woman there I identify with. So it's... Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think with regards to sport, like things are changing, obviously not as fast as we want, right? But things are changing with, with regards to this. I mean, we're seeing the rise of uh, the other football, the real football in, in, in America, sorry, the soccer uh, that that's obviously gaining heaps of popularity the north america a few years back hosted like the women's world cup and like women's soccer in the states and in north america is is growing i think at a at a at a, at a really good rate although I don't, I don't have stats i'm just saying that but i think the popularity is growing obviously i don't know how fast it's growing but I, the popularity there is growing with regards to soccer and i know even like in the uk like there's a bigger emphasis coming on like the international like women's teams and also like the club teams as well with regards to uh football soccer and um you, you can see it even in in formula one as well you know it, it, it's happening but it, you know there's still not enough people there's still not enough there but it, it it's happening and people will hopefully and especially like white males start to like take take it a bit serious as well because like hey you like sports like if you like sports like what what have you got against like you know females playing sports or because there's always that stigma isn't there like you always hear like oh you know uh you know with, with regards to like like men are doing it better kind of thing and it's just like no it's like we you know look look back in in history as well you have the likes of uh you know billy jean king in, in tennis and stuff like that and you know women are always being trod on in that regard. I mean, across everything, but, you know, in sports as well, where it is so male dominated, like the popular sports are, you know, are all basically male dominated. And I think like slowly starts to change a bit more. And I kind of fall into like, you know, looking at esports as well, where again, that's something that's just all male dominated and slightly different, but you, you start to see other people popping up and hopefully it starts to, set a precedent in the future that it, it, it's not just you know males that are doing all this and that other people feel like they, they can break into there as well but it's not it's not easy because they obviously have all additional hurdles to to get over apart from just the fact of having the ability but then there's just the the um the discrimination as well that, that comes along with that yeah and you see a lot of people saying like oh women don't know how to play football women shouldn't be coaching football like no women in history can like can coach a male football team and like to that i say number one bullshit um but number two like these three women uh as as the sky sports article says they they earn their stripes they crafted their love of football and their skill at the sport through collegiate games which um is american college games and now they're working at the highest level of the highest profile sport in america so that's what I say about that. Yeah, it always bugs me where like people are like, 
or, or they'll spin it like it's like oh this this person is just you know it's like a token roll or something like that and it's like fuck off like it's just like it's just such a just i just don't get it i just don't get it when that's people's response to people making history like this people like and it doesn't mean like doesn't mean the slightest that things are better or you know we're at the point where it's like yay you know we've got three three officials that that are female in the nfl it's like like that's not that's not where we want to stop but it's like people that just can't even acknowledge that it's just like Mm -hmm. to to even acknowledge that that's a good thing it's just it's like what what is wrong like what why would why would that cause you so much pain like like celebrating somebody's success no matter who they are it's like nope you just can't do it you just can't do it and it's just it just feels like that's a a real issue we have these days as well is just not being able to celebrate celebrate mm-hmm. things that are happening celebrating history like like celebrating the good kind of history and mm-hmm. and it like, reminds me actually i read a book a novel it was a romance novel back uh well i only read it in the last couple of years but it was written in the early to mid 90s and one of the characters in one of like one of the main main um protagonists or uh main protagonist that's the yeah um that's the word i want it was a high school a a female high school football uh coach and she like this is back in the 90s when obviously this kind of jobs for women first became an option i guess and like the book really it wasn't a very good book to be honest but it had nothing to do with the content it was just kind of boring um but the book describes like how she was really shit on because women can't coach men's sports um but moral of the story is that by the end of the book their team had won like the championship for the first time in 50 years or something and go women um but yeah so i kind of i'm just like you know this isn't a new issue but also shut the fuck up like let's move on yeah and it makes me laugh as well because like like when i when i look at like uh the the premier league for example like which is one of the you know biggest football sorry soccer leagues in the world and like you have you have managers there that you know they're all males and half the time people are like oh you know that manager shit that manager shit that manager shit but but it's never because of their gender right it's never mm-hmm. because they're male and it's just like that's never questioned but if, if if and hopefully when we get like female managers in managing top top clubs or even just clubs uh in 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 the divisions that it's like yeah we know like automatically that's going to be thrown up the the gender is going to be automatically issued because we've got we've got officials in like you know england and stuff doing uh that and and it's just like that that's the first thing that people just go to it's like straight to the gender it's like not it's that's just the default and i think that's just where it always seems to collapse right it's just like that's it's just so wrong it's just so frustrating like that is where people have to go to first when looking at something like that and mm-hmm. it's just just feels like such a narrow-minded approach to just life really and i don't know i just feel sorry for people I just feel sorry for people that that that's that's their approach in life because it's just like wake up you fucking dinosaur like we're <laughs> we're in new age now indeed indeed and speaking of new ages i put this article in this week to talk about for you tom oh, so thank you you're so welcome um so Mike Morheim, who you might know as the former CEO and co-founder of Blizzard Entertainment, has teamed up with other industry veterans to launch a new game company called Dreamhaven. Great name, by the way. Great name. Great name. Yeah. 
So the only reason I really put this in is because I think that's great. Um, Blizzard is um, a long-running company, obviously, from the late 80s, early 90s. And um, it's been great. World of Warcraft, uh, Starcraft, Hearthstone, Diablo, Heroes of the Storm. Lost Vikings. Oh, you know, all those games, you know, really good reputation, really good games for the most part. I mean, well, people, yeah, it's just like, well, the last few years have been quite a bit. <laughs> Gem is a recovering Blizzard fangirl. I understand. Just going for the Dream Haven. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of interesting because uh, obviously, like Mike Morheim stepped down from Blizzard a few years back. And I'm guessing probably had to kind of have that. What's it? gardener's leave is it where you have to like like not where you have to like not do stuff because you know too much information you have to let time pass before you can i don't know and anyway now kind of coming out of the because i've always done like you know when he retired from blizzard and obviously blizzard have changed a lot of business practices there's a lot of things changing not not always for the good there there's still there's still good stuff happening in some ways but also as someone that's kind of been heavily because they heavily linked well i guess i kind of have been uh, you know connected to blizzard entertainment for the last you know 10 years 15 years that you, you see changes and you i mean it's probably not just a blizzard thing right it's an industry thing and where there's some good things in the the video game industry you know there's also things that they're not so good and it, it is going to be quite interesting to see where it all heads for for this project and you know, it's exciting to have someone like Mike Morheim who founded Blizzard, which became a pretty big deal. Some, some big games there, like Amanda mentioned, and see where that goes now, especially because a few veterans have kind of followed with him as well. So who who knows? That could that could be one for the future to look out for to see what they're going to be producing over there. But apparently kind of the ethos there is to just have people in there, you know, that want to be creative and kind of let them spread their wings as well without the corporate kind of restrictions that i think a lot of these triple a companies are they're 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 under a lot of restrictions with regards to like how creative they can get with certain aspects i think and i mean i'm not i don't know for sure but you you just kind of assume certain things get that way when companies just get to that point and as someone that kind of pays a bit more close attention to indie titles that have that creative you just i just kind of look at a lot of games that come out, you know, the, the top games that come out, right? Like those AAA titles. And then I look at a lot of indie games and I feel like just sometimes there's just way more soul in indie titles because you just, you can just resonate or see just that love that's actually put into. And a lot of times that's maybe like more smaller projects, you know, it's maybe made by like smaller teams, which I guess can be quite a bit more intimate that way. But yeah, I'm just rambling. Hello. Oh, I know what you mean. And I think I'm really hopeful and curious about the way that Mike Warheim is going to, where he's going to take this company, Dreamhaven, um, because he says that he's always believed in the power of games to bring people together, regardless of backgrounds or boundaries. And mm. that makes me think like, okay, so are we going with maybe a remote company where many of the positions will be remote um, so that you're not excluded or maybe not excluded is not the right word, but you're not bound by like, being based in America to, to work with an American-based company. Um, because I think, you know, I see a lot of opportunities myself coming up um, in American companies. I'm like, I would love to apply for that, but it's in Maryland and I'm not <laughs> I'm not moving to Maryland. You couldn't pay me to move to Maryland. So like, there you go. Could we not, though? 
No. Could we? No, we definitely could not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't move to America to like. No. All right. I thought you were just specifically saying. Um, sorry, Maryland. Maryland. As Monica would say. Uh, there we go. There's your. There's your next Monica Byrne right there. Just it. dropped it in. Um, and I like the thought about different backgrounds as well, because not only does that open up a diversity and inclusion um, point of view, but it also maybe thinks like if you're maybe new to game development or into the industry, like you might, there, there might be a lot more traineeship positions opening up um, with Dreamhaven. So I'm really excited to see where this company goes and what is going to come out of, you know, the, the, the announcements and the news as Dreamhaven grows. I'm I'm really interested to see their vision as well and what happens with that. That was a really great leeway, leeway, Tom, leeway. Leeway, as leeway, Monica would say. As Monica would say. There's our other Monica Jabin. Um, yeah, because we had our first look at WandaVision, the latest, um, well, soon to be latest release from the Marvel Cinematic Universe going out on Disney+. Plus. Um, it's a TV show, as we talked all about in our episode back uh, probably about a year ago when we started geeking out about Marvel's Phase 4. Um, yeah, we're looking at like a trippy TV show starring Wanda and Vision, um, looking at like a Marvel Well, that's multiverse. why it's called WandaVision. Did, did you not know that? I think I just connected that right now. <laughs> just it. saying it out loud. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why. Brilliant. That's really clever. Yeah. <laughs> whoever, whoever thought of that should get a pay rise. Noted. We'll email Disney to let them know. So this looks amazing. Um, I watched the trailer. I don't know. Have you had a chance to watch it, Tom? No, I haven't. I haven't. And obviously we don't have the technological capacity to watch it right now. That's okay. No problem. Basically, it's like 1950s, 1940s, like housewife kind of situation. They've just moved to a new neighborhood. and But it's like all sorts of characters uh from the marvel films put in it basically what i think is happening is like wanda the scarlet witch is going into some kind of hallucination basically of what her life and vision's life could have been like in all these eras decades situations years um parts of the world and it looks amazing um so this is pretty exciting actually <laughs> like you've, you've sold it to me just just from that description, I'm like, oh, like I wish I'd actually watch the trailer now. And you can watch it after. Yeah, I'll watch it after. I would recommend. I mean, the the kind of cover that they're going for this is like black and white 1950s, and like Wanda is like your stereotypical almost Stepford wife, isn't it? Mm. And in in some parts, in some parts, there's a lot in so, this. I'm just going by the image. I'm just going by the image. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I'm not seeing it moving. I'm not seeing moving pictures. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this. Obviously, it feels like Marvel stuff's kind of quieted down. And I mean, I guess everything movie-wise is sort of quieted down this year. So I, f I feel like feel like ready to get, get back on the Marvel train and, uh, you know, all aboard. Oh, for sure. Phase 4 was a bit derailed, going with your train metaphor, um, because... Obviously, we're supposed to have um, Black Widow's film come out in May, and unfortunately, COVID delayed that. And I heard as well that because of the way that Mulan didn't perform quite as well as they wanted it to, even with its Disney Plus like paid release, um, that they're kind of just really on hold with putting everything out for Marvel because they don't want to lose money on it, which I understand. But also, I'm like, well, you've also 
made a lot of money. And also, I don't think that Mulan lost money because it was released on Disney Plus during COVID. I think that there was a lot of controversy around that film, as we talked about last week. Also, you were charging 30 pounds for it, Disney. Uh, so, you know, might want to look at your pricing structure there. Just saying. To, on a platform that you're already paying to subscribe to. So Exactly. Know. Yeah. Uh, but Paul Bettany, who plays Vision, uh, says that this series is going to get more and more bonkers, um, even more than what the trailer shows. So I'm hyped for it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and something that's going to, I don't, I don't know, I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be pretty amazing. Do we have any sort of release date on this or is this just going to be? It just says coming soon. Um, nothing that I see gives any kind of timeline on it um but you know i guess because i guess because it's like a tv miniseries it's probably like i, I doubt they'd just be like well we got to hold off on that mm-hmm. because you know pe- people like tv people can still watch tv we can still people watch can it you, you can release it you can release it now we'll watch it it's sure true it'll be fine it's true yeah i can't remember I, th- I feel like when uh the phase four timeline was first revealed like last year i think this was scheduled to come out i want to say november this year but um with the timeline getting pushed back i'm not sure how that's how everything's going to be affected like i'm sure that they'll want to still put out their content in the order because i think mm. they had it going out in a specific order you know for continuity and for you know the hype building that that will be in phase four so i don't know yeah, it probably won't be till I'm going to say next year now because obviously Mandalorian is going to be mm-hmm. coming out very shortly and they're not going to like put something over the top of that because I feel like that's enough just to get people stay subscribed to Disney Plus, just that one show. Thanks, Baby True. Yoda. Everybody loves the Baby Yoda. Um, so I'm pretty excited about our next article. We don't really have a leeway here, um, a leeway. <laughs> um, but American Girl, um, who you've, I think we'd actually talked about this pretty recently. Um, they have announced and released their latest doll. And not only is she like a total retro 80s video gamer girl, in her storybook, it ends with her going on to become a video game developer. Um, so she is like everything that I want in an American Girl doll. Um, I'm in love with her. Her name is Courtney, um, Courtney Moore. And she comes complete with a pac-man arcade game that actually works you can plug it into a usb charger and off you go playing your freaking little amazing right that's amazing she she comes um with like a retro she's got neon tights on and a neon scrunchie and a bright blue shirt um and okay so like that's that's one thing she uh, you have the option to get accessory packs that include uh, a caboodle which is uh, Tom's just like a what? Um, it's like a little makeup kit um, that you can put your scrunchies, your hair stuff in, um, your makeup, anything to do with like it's your whole kit and caboodle, you know. Um, it comes with, or you can get the Pac-Man lunchbox set, which has like a sandwich and a thermos and uh, looks not like a real cheese. sandwich, right? This no, is not it's a real probably, sandwich. Probably plastic, yeah. Um, it looks okay. like cheese puffs. You also get the option of a Lisa Frank sticker and drawing kit which is like exciting for little 80s girls everywhere and you get a walkman and um a whole bunch of like hair ties plus and this is the most exciting thing ever you can get a care bears nightshirt not only can you get that for courtney the american girl doll you can also get it for your actual little girl child they are making the care bears nightshirt 
for children now. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so it, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> Courtney's book is called Courtney Changes the Game, and she is described as the best gamer at the arcade. Hell yeah. She's particularly fond of Pac-Man and is a top scorer at the arcade. The book also hints that Courtney may also be a budding video game developer as she's left to wonder why there aren't more girl characters in video games. She gets her chance when her school allows her to code her own video game where she creates a female main character who is capable of handling any damn situation. (laughs) Right, so this is all amazing. But not only this, American Girl has teamed up with Girls Who Code, which is a charity organization that uh, encourages and teaches young girls how to code to become video game developers, and they're matching donations up to $50,000 to Girls Who Code. It's a, it's a great great statement as well. And I think, like, I don't know, I've never heard of anything like this being done before. I mean, obviously, my knowledge of dolls is not great, but, you know, I know Barbie, I know Ken, and I definitely know that, like, the kind of stereotypical stuff that they're getting up to. Uh, no, not that. But the I think, like, this is just great to have something like this that it's just potentially capturing the imagination of kids that it you know just like even having a story you know like reading a story where it's like hey like this person grew up to be they made video games and they were you know they were awesome at video games and then they started making video games and even just that simple concept being told to like kids like it, it might inspire them because obviously video games are more accessible now than they've ever been with you know regards to even just consoles and mobile and and things like that and just having kids know that hey you could make video games Mm -hmm. you know it's i think it's a big deal i think it's a big deal and obviously we we want we want more like girls in the industry as well and like more females in the the video game industry and increasing that diversity that way and i think again it just all starts it all starts with, with the basics, right? The, the basics of like, hey, here's a character that makes video games and mm-hmm. she's awesome. It's just, it's simple and pure, but it, I think it can send a, a really big message. Yeah. It's great that to see American Girl creating dolls to speak to like the modern generation because like they're a fantastic company. They have, they feature, I don't know how much you know about them, Tom, but they, um, they create dolls based on like historically accurate women um, from like throughout history. And it's such a, an empowering company because every single book or every single doll comes with a story. And it's like, it is all about how she has been a trailblazer in, in her era of history or um, what she has done or what this, it's just such a fantastic company. And they're the kind of dolls that you want your children to have. Like they actually have meaning. They're not just an awesome doll to look at and play with. Like there's so much yeah. meaning. And it's, it's more than co- like cosmetic and there's yeah. like a, a story behind there. And I think that's, that's important as well. Like to have that, to have that context of like why this person is awesome and, and like what they, what they achieved and how, how they achieved it to, to some regard as well. And I think like that, that definitely sounds like that's kind of what you'd want your kid to be playing with you know that's like hey this is this is fun but you know also educational but fun as well (laughs) yeah fun educational and empowering and i think that that's where like this is a a, a toy company that that's got it right that's that's nailed that market and you know they're just doing great things and long 
long may it continue and may we see more amazing dolls come out of them. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, toys, we've, we've all had toys in our life, haven't we, Amanda? We've all like owned different types of toys. And do you see where, do you see where I'm going here? I see where you're going Has it got weird? No? It's, Quick, quickly give context to my words. We are saying unofficial farewell, so long, goodbye to the Nintendo 3DS. Production. Oh, I thought we were ending the show. We're ending the show, no? No. <laughs> Sorry. We're saying we're saying goodbye to what now? The Nintendo 3DS. It ends production after nearly 10 years and also countless years before with the Nintendo 2DS and the DS and I don't know, all of those models tier but I, feel, I would like to point out though that just because the nintendo 3ds is ending production i do not believe that that means that nintendo ds games are ceasing production so it's not like the end completely but it's the end of this console which i don't know i think it was slightly controversial in a way when it came out because it had this 3d element that <laughs> that made people sick and hurt their eyes. And I don't know actually how many people used it. And I've got a funny story about the 3DS. You do, and I would love for you to share with it because I am okay, laughing so, already in just thinking about it. So I, so me and Amanda went out one day and for, for a loaf of bread and we came back with two 3DSs. That's not the funny That's part. True. But basically what happened was that I was playing my 3DS over, over months, probably a year or more. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought it was really good having all those games in the palm of your hand. But I didn't like the 3D. So I had it turned off. At least I thought I did. No, it turns out all like for a year, I had the 3D turned just all the way down. But my screen was still slightly blurry, still trying to slightly replicate 3D. And I had sat there just I I thought that was it. I thought like, okay, well, you know, this is what it's like. And then one day I was lying in bed. And Amanda goes to me, why have you got like the 3D just turned all the way down and not off completely? I was like, what? What are you talking about? It is off. Like, that's how I always play it. And she just pulled it down. It clicked into place. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, this cha- this changes everything. <laughs> and yeah, so the whole time I had actually been playing the 3D ass with minimal 3D. And I felt I felt a bit silly. But, you know, you live and learn. You live and learn about these things. But... I mean, I, I, I think you know the, the 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 DS in itself is what a what a legacy it's having. Like it's still going. It's not d- done in that regard. But I remember being in college. Like I was still in college when I got my first DS, and I got it shipped from America, and I got Super Mario 3D on it, and I was sitting there playing it in college, like at lunchtime, and people were crowding around the table because it was like I got it imported from America, and people were like, "Oh, it's so cool!" and like. You know, it's obviously it switched to like 3DS and now like the 2DS and the games kind of changed a little bit. But I think the core of like the the DS as a whole, it's kind of had that, you know, Game Boy-esque impact, maybe even more in a way, because I think it's just, you know, it's such a such a popular console. And now, you know, the Switch has come in and took a little bit of that away. But I still think, you know, it's a it's a top dog when it comes to the handheld market. But Obviously, Nintendo now moving away from that and, you know, probably got their next wacky gadget up their sleeve, probably involves... Do they need another wacky gadget, though? I mean, the Nintendo Switch is like, you know, 
kicking ass taking names and we're celebrating like the the 3ds sold more than 75 million units and the the switch is like up and coming you know it's not just a handheld console it's also a tv console it's a two-player console it's the everything you need it's like I, I think it's a, a worthy replacement to something that has changed lives, changed video game lives for the last 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah, I mean, I'll still be holding on to my, my 3DS pretty dearly. I, I mean, I recently bought a like a physical game. Like, I don't really do that anymore, but I bought bought a, a game for it recently. And I think I think like that's going to be just one of those timeless consoles that it, it, it's got so many great titles on it that, yeah, it, it's... It's 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 a great great piece of kit, and I think like if you wanted a a console just to have on the on the go, it, it's still a great shout. Even though like 3ds is is ending production, they they might come up with some other model now. I don't know. They they maybe. might may, maybe one last. I always dice, thought yeah. it was funny with the 3ds that like you could have your lo- or your like meet other 3ds players turned on, and like. When we were in the airport, we were trying to connect with other 3DS users in the airport. Um, yeah, there's all those weird, weird games in there. Kind of funny. Yeah, it's like gimmicky stuff, and I don't know. I think like Nintendo are just famed for it for slightly strange stuff that kind of works, and then when it does, it's fun. But then sometimes it doesn't really work. But yeah, I mean, N- Nintendo is just. I think for a while there, it looked like you know. With regards to you know the the Wii U and stuff, it looked like they were taking a few backward steps. But the Switch, I think, has just changed everything for them again. Not not that like they're ever in trouble of like you know going out of business or anything, because I think they've just got a a dragon's horde of uh, of wealth to continue forever doing their weird stuff. But yeah, we're we're, say, we're saying goodbye to the 3DS, but that just means something new will replace it. The the Nintendo Switch. 3d coming soon we're announcing it now live on geek carrying place your pre-orders use code geek carrying at checkout and i don't know what i'm saying that was just nonsense wasn't it geek carrying does not condone this message it doesn't condone it that means you doesn't. we don't support this message you don't support okay i was gonna say you don't yeah. condone my message which means you support it mm, i don't know words are hard but along with saying goodbye to the nintendo 3ds we're also saying goodbye to you this week listeners Goodbye, listeners. Goodbye. Um, no, Tom, let us know where we can find you um, for anybody that doesn't know you. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, hello, my name is Tom, and you can find me on my podcast, which is a podcast about video games, mostly indie games, also feel-good stories in the video game industry, and most importantly, trivia, three actualized podcasts. You can find that where you find podcasts, really, where, where you found this podcast geek caring you probably could find three extra lives there as well and you can find me on social media at three extra lives as well usually kicking about there doing some stuff so that's that's it that's that's where you find me if 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 you weren't put off by my contribution in this episode today definitely definitely come 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 check me out i'd I'd, I'd really appreciate that yeah thank you very much tom um and i will put your details in our show notes along with all the news stories uh, that we talked about today and we will see you again next week for another awesome episode of geek caring bye bye if you like this episode of geek caring why not leave us an itunes review you can also find us on social at geek caring and over on geekcaring.com
show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com. Thank <laughs> you.